0: Welcome to Exploring the Enneagram with Dr. E, featuring your host, Dr. Deborah Egerton. In this program, we take a look at how you could begin to see how you show up in the world by looking at your Enneagram personality type, improving your relationships, and so much more. Now, here is Dr. Deborah Egerton.
1: Hey out there, everyone. So happy to be with you today. I know that we're going through some Difficult times, and uh, some of us are, of course, self-isolating by choice. Um, Those of you who are self-isolating because you've been exposed to the coronavirus, um, our hearts and our prayers and thoughts are with you. And many of us who are, of course, social distancing and self-isolating, are doing so not only to keep ourselves safe, but in recognition of the reality that this is the way to also think about other people. So once again, here we are today, uh, exploring the Enneagram with me, Dr. E. And one of the things that I was thinking is that this might be actually an excellent time for some of you to explore your type. Uh, Have you given any thought to why some of us are inside, um, hanging out, maybe reading or um, might be making FaceTime calls to friends and family or watching TV and just chilling out? And others are absolutely going crazy. And of course, if you are inside in an environment with someone who is absolutely going crazy, um, I would say that this is a great time to, A, if you're that person going crazy, look at why you might be going crazy. And if you're the person that is inside with someone like that, you might look at why is that annoying you so much? So... I think that one of the things that we begin to learn as we go inside, literally and figuratively, is that we don't all react to the same things in the same way. And this is one of the reasons that working with the Enneagram is such a great way to figure out exactly what's going on with you, not with the person that you think is driving you crazy. Some of you are laughing now because you're saying, think is driving me crazy? No, Dr. E, they're driving me nuts. They can't sit still, they just, you know, are complaining all the time. However, anyone that's around you who it is your experience that their behavior is what is problematic, That's actually an opportunity for you to learn something about yourself and to grow from it. So today we're going to explore exactly why the different types react and respond differently. And I think most importantly, maybe going through the process this way, if you don't know your Enneagram type or if you don't know where you sit on the Enneagram symbol, this might help you to find out. I've talked many times about the fact that we have three centers of intelligence. We have our heart center, we have our head center, we have our belly center, our gut center. Uh, All three of the centers need to be aligned for us to be able to be whole, complete, and to function in the healthiest possible way. When one of the centers is not in alignment, well, you know, our, our behaviors actually reflect that. Um, today, I wanna to start talking a little bit about the three types that sit in the heart center. Because right now, I think that many of our hearts are hurting. Um, we're looking at what's going on in the world, and we have pretty clear recognition that we may have people who are in harm's way. Uh, there are some who have already lost friends or family members. Um, it's certainly uh, not the most comfortable thing to look at as this is playing out across the world. So if we can just take a moment, let's just take one moment and be still before I even go any further, talking about the heart center and the types. And let's see if we can drop into our hearts and take just a moment of stillness and silence to feel compassion for ourselves, compassion and empathy for anyone and everyone who is being affected by this. And just stop for a moment and feel with our hearts. Stay there with your heart. Allow yourself to feel and to acknowledge if there's some tightness or discomfort there. Sometimes it helps if you just take your right hand and you put it on your heart and you feel it beating you let all the madness and the fear, all of the things that hurt your heart, just let them float away. Connect to your heart space and don't be afraid of it. and also connect to the love and the grace of God. Connect to the people that you know and that you don't know. Connect to the universal oneness and the reality that we are all connected at this time on this day the universal oneness can be felt if you allow yourself to feel with your heart it's not about logic this is not about intellect This is not about frustration or intolerance. This is not about good, bad, right, or wrong. This is about our connection. And if there is good that can come from what we are experiencing, At this moment in time, it is that just as a virus can spread around the globe, so can love and healing spread around the globe. I would ask you now to take a moment... And think about maybe a person, a human being that you might want to heal a relationship with. Bring that person's face up in your mind. and feel the desire to heal that relationship with your heart. This might be that moment in time where we begin to think about what is really important in this world. The people that we love, People that we keep close, the people that we have pushed away, that perhaps we wish we had not pushed away. Feel and ask with your heart center Is this the time for me to bring someone close? Allow the discernment of your heart along with the love that you feel for this person to guide you to an action that you actually move forward with to pull someone and bring them close again. Or that perhaps you know that you must maintain the distance, but your heart may feel the beginnings of forgiveness. During this time, while in the external world, we have been asked to stay inside, Allow yourself to access your heart center and to go inside. To go inside yourself. To think about the people that you love. And to think about self-love. Have you been kind to yourself? Do you love yourself and therefore have love to give to others? Taking a deep breath in, letting that breath out. Let's all come back and talk about type two on the Enneagram. So the exercise that we just engaged in together is something that you can do every day. Finding ways to go inside and allowing yourself to go inside, deep inside yourself, to get some answers for questions that sometimes in the busyness of our everyday lives, we just don't allow them to surface. Um, to think about someone that we have rejected or pushed out of our lives, to think about a broken relationship and what we might be able to help heal it. These are things that we get distracted. We get distracted from the whole process of forgiveness. And that's a very strange thing because being distracted from forgiveness means that a wound that we have is not being attended to. A relationship does not have to come back together in order for forgiveness to be part of the healing process. Forgiveness is actually the healing process. So I say all of that to guide us into the beautiful territory of the type 2 on the Enneagram. So when you... Think of type two, I want you to think about someone in your life, or maybe in someone else's life, who you would think of being just a natural giver. Um, someone who is, who stands very firmly in the, in the space where love resides. Um, type twos tend to be people who have a lot of love to give, and they give it in different ways. Uh, I would always uh, caution you about believing that all of the types show up in the same way. They do not. Some type twos are very much going in the direction of going out and moving towards people in a way where they are actually looking for ways to be of service. This would be a time where that would be pretty obvious. Um, Some of us are inside watching TV and some of us are, uh, as I said yesterday, collecting oranges off of my tree um, because they're just going to be there and they're going to rot when there are people that could actually use those oranges right now. I'm acutely aware of that. Also, when you think of type two, uh, I, I see an open hearted generosity, a generosity of spirit, a generosity of love and light and goodness. Um, my experience of people who sit at point two is that there's a certain sweetness to them, sometimes a, a childlike sweetness. Um, Just a few days ago, I had a very dear friend who I had a moment with her where I recognized that something that was going on in her world that I was aware of was really hurting her. And she did not give voice to it. However, I felt her energy in that moment, the sadness, and I reached out and I held her in my arms and she felt in that moment like a small child. Um, I felt very motherly towards her in that moment. And she happens to be a two that has that open-hearted generosity of spirit and she would never give voice to, I am hurting because I am not being attended to in the way that I sometimes take care of others in my moments of pain or suffering. So this is something, when, it, when we talk about type two, that is not an uncommon occurrence because A type 2 can very easily discern that someone else might need something. However, 2s will often ignore their own needs. When I am teaching about type 2, I can honestly share a story with you that many of you have heard if you've been in my classes. Type 2s in therapy, so very often if there has been a painful divorce or children have left home and are now empty nesters. Type 2, be they male or female, and this is an important point of clarification. People will stereotype type 2 and say that type 2s are all women. They are not. There are just as many male type twos as they are female type twos. So we have to be aware of the fact that this open-hearted generosity is what we're looking at, and it can show up in different ways when you look at males and females, but it's still an open-hearted generosity, a generosity of spirit, um, an authentic desire to uh, attend to the healing and the needs of other people in a way where others will be prioritized. So back to the story, when I have a two in therapy, sometimes my question will be around helping them to restructure their lives. Um, Their kids that they've invested so much time in are now gone, um, or the spouse has left and now they are Uh, left with the sort of task ahead of them to restructure their lives. In that restructuring, I will say, let's start from the beginning. Get up, do all the things you do to get yourself ready for the morning. Let's go downstairs. Let's go to the kitchen. And you're going to make yourself your favorite breakfast. What exactly does that favorite breakfast look like? And the answer is often, well, Charlie always liked eggs over easy, and Mary liked uh, cereal, and I don't know, Beth usually would run out of the house without eating. I, I, and I, I will stop and say, no. What does that breakfast that you were going to prepare, now for yourself, because you're just thinking about you today. What does it look like? And sometimes the answer that I get back is silence. So if you're a two, and if this resonates with you, if it resonates with you that you have spent Much of your life being very caring and dutiful, uh, seeing other people um, who have needs, sort of doing what you can to meet those needs. Sometimes watching the needs get met with a little bit of frustration because you might think that you could have done that particular task better. Uh, you've watched other people pamper themselves and haven't allowed yourself to be pampered, so to speak, and really have not taken inventory or taken stock of what are your needs. This is one of those core characteristics that we have to look at, the two not really being aware of nor attending to their own needs, putting everyone else first. Now, I do want to share with you that when you think about a wife or a mom, um, just kind of going into automatic pilot in terms of fulfilling the role that is needed to fulfill those particular spaces in life, uh, that might be a place where you say, well, you know, every wife and mother has to do that. Not quite so true. There are ways that we fill these roles. In fact, there are nine different ways that we fulfill these roles. The key characteristic here, when I'm talking about type two, is not attending to their own needs. For example, I am a type one. Uh, I am very willing to fulfill the needs of others as they come in front of me. And the core for me, the core motivation for me doing that is if it's the right thing to do. It's also not difficult for me to step aside and let someone else fulfill that need for that person if it's being attended to. A two might choose to just get right in there and be the first person to respond or raise their hand to attend to someone else's needs. But when a two needs for something to happen for themselves, They're sick, right now they're um, self-isolating, but before they went into self-isolation, did they get everything that they needed to be in self-isolation? And if they get inside and happen to recognize there's a few missing items, will you pick up the phone and call someone and say, I need these things? really important to look at that. I always say that for type twos in the world, when the flight attendant says, when the oxygen mask drops, put it on yourself first, and then put it on any children that you are traveling with, or anyone who's acting like a child at that point in time. Um, It's important to take care of yourself. So, Speaking about type two today just seems to be a very timely thing to do because more so than at any other time that I can recall um, in the recent period of time that we're living in, uh, maybe going back to the days of 9-11, but going through a crisis such as this. Our type twos are often our doctors, our nurses, our caregivers, um, the people that are working in the homes for the elderly. Uh, Type twos are out there everywhere. And I just want you to take care of yourselves if you know you're a two. And if you're listening to this and some of this is really ringing true, when you take the time, to self-isolate or to just social distance, you can still jump on the internet. You can look up the Enneagram. You can look at the different types. And if type two resonates with you, I'd like for you to take some of this social distancing time and self-isolation time to explore that, to explore what being in the heart center and being a two might look like. You have so much love to give, and you give it freely. Let some of that love be returned to you by expressing what you need in order to keep going. We need twos right now. In fact, we need all types right now. I just don't want the twos to exhaust themselves to the point where we actually see less people able to keep up or step up to the plate and to be able to care for those who need the care. It's important to care for people who need taken care of right now. However, if you are out in the world and you are a type 2 or whatever type you happen to be, if you are on the front lines of being a caregiver right now, please let others know what they can do to support you. And for all of you who are not on the front lines at the present time, think about ways that you can support those who either don't have a choice or have chosen freely to lead this charge and to put themselves in harm's way because of their chosen profession. My husband is a physician. Um, He is an administrative physician now. He does more with the operations of a hospital uh, than with seeing patients. Uh, He goes in every single day. He goes in with my prayers wrapped all around him. And as I see him going out to be one of those people to stay engaged in order to make sure that many of us and as many of us as possible remain healthy through this crisis, I think of him and I think of all of you who are out there doing that. So please, everyone that knows me, and that tunes in and listens to Dr. E. We're going to take these next weeks and we're going to learn and grow together. And we're going to remember the heart space and we're going to pull the people in close that we can and contribute in a way of really sending them love and good energy, sending out our prayers, being a little more patient and kind if we have caregivers that are going out and taking care of other people and are coming back home tired, exhausted, just being there and not even waiting for them to ask for what they might need, but maybe thinking ahead and providing what they might need. And when asked, please, type twos, or caregivers? Give the answer. Give the answer of what it is that you need. Is it some quiet time? Is it a really nice meal that you don't feel like having to pick up for yourself or prepare for yourself? Is it uh, someone else taking care of Um, your laundry what might what might it be Uh, just be sure to articulate what you need at this time and in all ways those of you that can give voice to it you're not just giving voice to it for yourself you're also giving voice to it for other people so I'd love it if you would just Come to my website and just put suggestions there of ways that we can support all of the caregivers, all of the Enneagram type twos that are out in the world right now fighting the coronavirus. And that would be a great thing to have happen. We're going to go to break for a moment, so I'll see you in a minute.
0: your world motivate change succeed voiceamericaempowerment.com are you looking for life's answers how about the meaning of true self can you really be a better person overnight well good luck with that Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions, some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. As we age, there are certain situations which we all must face. Care and treatment don't always measure up to what it's supposed to be. And there are many questions that need to be answered. Tune in to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with hosts Phyllis Amen and Rubina Chaudhry. Seniors deserve to have a more fulfilling life, and we'll bring you the answers that you need to hear to make it happen. Listen Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Exploring the Enneagram with Dr. E, featuring Dr. Deborah Egerton. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to degerton1 at trinitytransition.com. That's degerton, the number one, at trinitytransition.com. Now,
1: back to Exploring the Enneagram with Dr. E. Coming back with... Type 3, which is also in the heart center. Well, I will tell you this. Type 3 might be one of the Enneagram types, styles that we actually can see going a little stir-crazy. If you sit at Type 3 on the Enneagram symbol, what I can tell you is that Being success-oriented and actually multitasking, getting things done, uh, looking forward to getting those projects taken care of, achieving, being competitive, uh, just liking the rapid flow and pace of life. If, If that is your internal substrate, Slowing down right now and being stuck inside may not be the best feeling for you. So even if you don't know anything about the Enneagram and this is beginning to resonate with you, pay attention. Type 3 tends to live life by doing, not by being. Type 3 is always in the mix, always trying to do and be the best that they can be, trying to achieve and to accomplish, because that's what brings the satisfaction of being here. It's the doing that feels so good. The value is placed on the external, on what gets accomplished, on showing that you have shown up correct. You have shown up and you've crushed it. You are winning. And now, at this moment in time, if you are social distancing, you may feel a little out of your comfort zone because... Things have slowed to a a halt, a stop, and you just don't have anything to crush. So if you're not killing it, crushing it, winning at it, your comfort zone has actually become a little uncomfortable, and you cannot wait for this thing to end, to be over, so you can get Right back into the swing of things and pick up where you left off. And even at this moment, as I'm speaking to you, you're probably trying to figure out how you can stay in the game without losing too much ground while things have slowed down. What would be an amazing outcome for you if this is resonating with you as a type three? is to, once again, put your hand on your heart and slow down and recognize that you are also a heart-centered type. You do not have to go out in the world and do and succeed and become amazing in order to be loved. This is a time when you can slow it down and start to connect with your authentic feelings. You can pull in and bring up to the front of your mind the people who are in your life, and begin to connect to your feelings towards them. You can think about and bring into your heart, if you will slow down, your family, your close friends, your community. And you can actually breathe and recognize that you play a part in the lives of others in a way that is not just about what you accomplished, but is about who you are. Who you are and how you show up for them. And during this period of time, you can authentically show up for them even more than you ever have. Think about being too busy to have that extended conversation with your mom. I don't mean just to pick up the phone and, hey, mom, how are you doing? Good talk to you. I'll get back to you next week. bye but just a chat that has no time limit on it. If you're inside and you are social distancing and you recognize that the social distancing is giving you more time on your hands that you usually have, as a type three, authentically connecting with people by slowing it down Not focusing on the achievement, but focusing on your authentic feelings. Now, even as I say that, my heart's doing a little laugh and a little dance because I know that many of my type 3 clients are thinking, oh yeah, I can do that. And wait till I talk to Dr. E and I tell her how good I was at doing that. No, let's not turn this authentic feeling connection into a competition. That's not what we're going for here. What we're going for is you being allowed and allowing yourself to slow down enough to feel. And it is outside of your comfort zone. Taking more than five or ten minutes to have a conversation with someone that you care about without being distracted by the next thing that you need to get on to takes work. But it's not work that you do for your coach or that you do for Um, your sense of this is me winning at personal development. You do it because this is your opportunity to actually come back, to pull yourself back into your own being. I try when I talk to you all to make sure that my language is aligned with your understanding of real life. And when I say, pull yourself back and come back to your own being, what I mean is taking that time and breathing And even if you have to go and look at yourself in the mirror and look deeply into your own eyes and say, I am here. I am more than just that person that is crushing it at work. I am more than just that person who is going to get that next promotion because I'm going to knock it out of the box. I am more than what I do. I am a human being, not a human doing. If you have children, take the time now to look deeply into their eyes, and you'll see home. And if you don't get goosebumps, I'd be a little surprised. If you have a pet that you love and that loves you, take a moment and look at your pet and take some time and just be with that pet that you love so much. And don't let anything else interrupt you. You might look at some old photographs that sometimes a very good way to get in touch with some things that were important to you, some people that were important to you that you've left by the wayside. But this is about the human beings that are in your life, reconnecting, reigniting relationships and love. You know, it's, it's interesting how in the life that we live, There are those people that we meet and we connect with, and it's always our intention to reconnect with them again. And sometimes you realize years have gone by, and that connection, that reconnection, or that initial connection that we intended to have happen, that it did not happen. So this is an opportunity for reconnecting in such a healing and loving way with people that we have just left on the wayside, kind of just didn't get back to them. Type 3s, I'm talking to you, and I'm talking to every other Enneagram type because this is something we can all learn from. This is something that While it is a real growth and development step for threes, this is something that is actually a gift of this period of time that if we all get serious about looking at how to be human beings and not freak out about what we're not doing we might find some very, very deep and rich relationships coming back to life. And that's what it's going to take for us to restore and repair our society. That's what it's going to take for us to really honor our universal connection and our oneness. So type threes while I'm talking to you, every lesson that I'm giving to the twos, the threes, and I'm going to go on to the fours, all of the heart center types. These are all lessons learned for all of us because right now we're in the heart center. We're in the heart center of humanity. So type threes, I love you. Type twos, you know I love you too. I just want all of us to recognize for those that are in the heart center there might be some things going on that are a little different Uh, you might feel a little closer to it all i say that as i transition into talking about type four type fours right now you are right there on the top of the, the 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 list for me in terms of thinking about how you might be experiencing this time we need you because we know that type 4 is very very capable of sitting with what is even if it is painful in a way that many of the other Enneagram types are not and what I do want to share with those of you who may be type 4, and if you're resonating with this and you don't know the Enneagram, perhaps you will explore type 4. But the 4s the can be okay with the heartache. The type 4 can kind of hold all of us through this process And while many Enneagram teachers talk about type fours being dark and gloomy, uh, I always have to speak from my own personal experience of working with different types. And what I have found to be very true when I'm working with type fours is that a type four is really able to support the rest of us, in navigating a painful space. Sometimes, and in times like this, you might want a type 4 sitting right with you because you don't have the words. And a type 4 can be okay with that silence. 4s can actually help to create the container that will hold us through difficult times because the heartache of it all is something that is not unfamiliar and outside of the comfort zone of the four. Fours have an emotional strength that many of us don't have in the same type of way. Now, um, I, I always like to recommend that You take what I'm saying and you hold it loosely because none of this is intended for you to create new stereotypes about people. People who happen to sit at four on the Enneagram symbol are accustomed to a certain level of suffering. And when I say that, the best way that I can explain it is that, for many of us, when we suffer a loss, and we wake up, the ne- uh, you know, in the sometime in the future, and we're not feeling so um, distraught, waking up and not having that loss be the first thing that comes to mind on that day we can actually say, I'm beginning to heal. I'm beginning to get better. For fours, sometimes it's a little different. For fours, when the intensity of the loss begins to subside, fours sometimes feel like maybe they're losing their connection to uh, maybe the individual that they lost or the relationship that, that has come apart. And that's because fours hold pain and suffering in a different way. Um, it's like there's a little reservoir of, of pain that is always there. And fours, more than any of us, can actually go back to a painful experience, and they can relive it in a, in a similar way. They can touch it again. Um, Whereas for many of us, the memory of exactly what that loss felt like will fade. The value of being able to touch pain and not to fear it gives fours um, what I would call the superpower of creativity. So many fours are able to touch pain and to bring it back out into the world in some beautiful expression of creativity, uh, be art or music. Um, it's, it's a gift that I have seen many fours uh, are capable of doing that. If I have to go to a painful space and it's a little fearful for me to go there, Having a four by my side, not talking, not doing anything, but just in it with me is a beautiful thing. And there's a lot of suffering in humanity. So the people that can go near that pain and that suffering and who can hold the rest of us in a very loving way during that time I would say right now, all of you that are in the heart center are just absolutely invaluable to us at this moment in time. And for the fours who are listening to this, please be aware of the beauty of the gift that you have right now for holding humanity. You can do it. You always do it in some way, shape, or form. Humanity is hurting right now, and we need you. So today, as I've talked about the types in the heart center, I wanted to take the time to do that because I believe that's where we are. We have hearts that are hurting right now, and the heart of the two is breaking, The heart of the three is just so conflicted and the heart of the four is holding a lot. All of us, all nine Enneagram types, we all have a heart center. And in some way, we are all connected to all three of those energies on the Enneagram symbol. It's what we do with them that matters. So if in any possible way we can take the energy of the two and step up and give care to anyone that we can find that needs it, that's the energy that we so desperately need to step into. If in any way we can do the work of a three and work on finding our authentic heart space and connecting to it, because being connected in the heart will get us through this, it will allow us to be more selfless and to recognize that we are all connected. The work of the three is the work of all of us right now. And the gift of the four to hold our hurting hearts is imperative for all of us to be able to do. We need to hold each other in the most beautiful way possible. And we need to allow something creative and beautiful to come from this. I ask all of you, that listen to me, that if you took something away from this today, share it with others, because as a type 1 on the Enneagram, I want so much to do the right thing. And right now, the best thing that I can do is to use the gifts and the voice that I've been given to encourage and to help and to be there for everyone in the best way possible. I love you all. I will be back again next week. And during this time of social distancing, there will be a webinar for those of you who want to learn more about the Enneagram. Please drop into my website, trinitytransition.com and Deborah. Egerton.com. You will be able to find uh, an opportunity to connect with me, and I will do my very best to keep you all encouraged. Stay, stay safe, stay strong, stay well.
0: Thank you for listening to Exploring the Enneagram with Dr. E. Please join Dr. Deborah Egerton again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a good week.